Welcome to the Dystopian Renaissance. We cover spirituality, healing, consciousness, and truth in this chaotic world we live in. It's important to get out of the matrix, and we'll do just that with biohacking, nutrition, spiritual awakenings, alternative healing, and freedom. This is the Dystopian Renaissance, and this is your host, Johnny Sage. Welcome to the Dystopian Renaissance. I'm sitting today with Ava Milva, and she's the founder of Etherica. Ava, I know the Etherica is really complex and amazing. We'll get into it. But how did all this start? Were you always spiritual? Oh, my God. So first of all, thanks for having me on today. I'm so happy to be here and to talk to you. Uh, yes, you know, I've always been connected to spirituality since a young age, even as a kid. I always felt really intuitive and curious about things that were beyond the mundane. And I always kind of knew things before they happened. And I always uh, had that feeling of like, you know, the world just didn't make any sense to me the way it was set up. So I was like, okay, I know I'm meant to do something in the world. I know I have a purpose, but I was kind of trying to figure out what that is. And it wasn't until I started my spiritual path and uh, after college, you know, after doing other things, then I realized like, wow, I'm actually, there's more to life and I'm meant to do something different than what everyone else is doing with my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I always like that too. It's, I always knew something was off in the world, but I never knew what it was like when I was at that stage. So, and that's why it was hard because like now I'm surrounded by people that are awake, but before then, and now there's stuff online, but back then there wasn't as much stuff. So you just felt like that's someone, I felt that something was like wrong with me, you know, and there, cause there's no one I could really talk to about these things. And yeah, just felt there, there was more and there was something missing, but I re didn't really know how to express it. So I know exactly what you mean. And and I probably did have like that inclination or gifts too when I was young, but I desensitized myself because I was like, well, I'm going to get through this life in this world. I have to, it's really hard when you're really sensitive and pick up on stuff. Totally. I used to be so sensitive that um, when I walk into a room full of people, I would feel everyone's emotions and what, you know, everyone was feeling. So it would feel so overwhelming, almost in a way where it was difficult for me to be in crowded rooms or big spaces. But then as I learned a lot of spiritual tools, I kind of am able now to go anywhere and shield my energy and I don't have to feel everything and have kind of more of a mastery of my abilities at this point. But yes, I totally can relate to that. And also the feeling of, wow, it's, I'm so different than everybody else and not relating to everyone. So it kind of feels isolated, right? From um, your peers or from people around you. Yeah, because most of the other like kids or even adults aren't into this kind of stuff, at least in my age, you know, they weren't, it was pretty much unheard of, you know, it was just sports or movies, beer, like, you know, that was like and, and going to school to get a job, like, there wasn't much talk outside of all that. So it was hard, like I had to re resensitize myself. And it's different, like, you can learn how to become an empowered empath. And they also don't teach about narcissists and now like I can pick up on them better and shield myself, but like I almost think they should because it's a useful skill to have to pick up on like who's a toxic person. And so you're not just like constantly being drained of your energy. 
Well, the way I look at it is this. I don't feel like anyone can drain your energy. Meaning like if you're in a stage where you're matched to have a narcissist in your life, that means that you have a lesson to learn about self-love, about setting boundaries, about healing, because a narcissist and an empath are very similar energy, except for the difference is that the narcissist doesn't want to heal, doesn't is completely disconnected from that part, whereas the empath actually wants to heal themselves, right? But they have similar wounds, and that's why uh, they say they're a match for each other, right? So the narcissist is a match for the empath. But when an empath is at the stage where they're ambassed for that experience, it means that the empath still has a lot of healing to do. It's actually a huge initiation into our healing gifts and our healing abilities when we go through a relationship with a toxic person or, um, you know, some kind of a traumatic experience. In fact, in my experience, most healers have this initiation where we have to experience a lot of trauma and something really <laughs> painful in order to go on a healing journey because if our lives are just roses and butterflies right everything's good we're going to be so content we're going to be living in our comfort zone so nothing is going to push us to want to heal right so that's how i feel every single healer every single spiritual person i've encountered in my life has had these kind of level 10 challenges and what i'm starting to realize is those are things that our soul set up prior to incarnation because we wanted to make sure that we find our purpose and sometimes when we are incarnated we completely have amnesia of like what is my purpose why did i come here we go through the school system we don't know and then when we go to this level 10 challenge we just have no choice but to go on our soul path, right? So those are actually blessings in disguise. So a lot of people may be going through that. I know that, you know, in this time and space, people are hitting those challenges and those challenges actually are blessings in disguise. That's what I've come to realize from my journey. Yeah, I mean, you brought up so many good points, but just to touch quickly on some of them is, you're right, looking back on it, because at the time I'm like, man, why did that have to happen to me? You know, like there's been some horrible experiences Looking back at it, I can see, and not only can I, now I can give advice about those type of situations and hopefully help others, but it's also, I've learned from it too. So, and you're right, when in terms of growth, sometimes those darkest moments like do force you to grow. I, I One guest who said we grow by two things. It's like either pain or insight. So, and sometimes I, would, I'm, I could be stubborn. So I had to learn through the painful moments. So. Yeah, the way I feel it is like we have certain lessons we came to learn. And if we want to learn them the easy way, here comes the hard way, right? So <laughs> it's like you can either uh, learn through like your own uh, desire to grow and change. But sometimes most people tend to get comfortable. If things are easy, we just go, oh, life is good. I'm enjoying myself. I don't need to move forward or do anything different than what I'm already doing. But then if there are lessons that we came to learn, they're going to show up for us. Yeah, it's, uh, and I've noticed the lessons, the universe, that, the lessons that the universe sends, they tend to get louder and louder until you listen. <laughs> they definitely do. They get louder and louder and, you know, until we actually get it. 
we're not gonna there's no way to escape it you know i see people they're like well i'm gonna break up with this person right <laughs> and, and they hope that breaking up with this person will solve their problem but guess what two weeks later they're dating that exact same person in a different body because they have not learned the lessons so until you master it you cannot escape it you can move to team book two you can hide under the rock but it's gonna show up in your life in some way somehow you know <laughs> yeah yeah and you're right back to like the narcissist is they are similar to empaths and especially when the, in the first stages even covert narcissists especially because they mimic empaths like right at the beginning they're pretty sneaky but you're right especially for like i found like for men usually we're not in our masculine like when we're like get blindsided by them so it's it was a good lesson for me like how to balance like i need more of a balance too so through my life like i sometimes i've been in the masculine other times in the feminine like when i was getting into the healing and like plant medicine sensitized me a lot so it was and then i had to come back a bit and find a bigger balance so like you said it's uh there are similarities but that's where it ends they don't they're not capable of the self-analysis or even some of the people in our field that are narcissists they're not getting the healing on themselves i noticed you know where we're like empaths we go really deep into it you know the ones that really want to do the work first before they offer it to others. Yeah, the way I look at it now, I've learned to outgrow this. I used to be really into narcissists and empath labels. Now I look at it as everyone has a soul lesson that they're learning. Even the narcissists, they're just, you know, narcissists are just younger souls that don't have exactly the same capacity to self-heal and to do energy work. So it's almost like they're wounded children and they're stuck at the age of three or five and they're operating even as grown as this wounded child. So once we start to look at narcissists as somebody that's been wounded and hurt, so we can have compassion for them rather than label them, oh, they're a narcissist, they're a terrible person, right? Because we can only feel hurt if we have that pain inside of us. Once we heal the pain, no matter how hurtful the other person is, we don't have to take them on as our pain, right? So that's why there's a way to evolve beyond this whole empath and narcissism labeling, because I feel like everyone has an ability to evolve. Even the narcissists, they're learning something. The empaths are learning something. So most people who are empaths, they're just older souls. They've been here longer, but with being an older soul, means that there are more so lessons that they came to learn and sometimes they need you know sometimes the people that hurt us the most in our lifetime are our best friends in the how to say other realms because they came here specifically to push our buttons so we can grow so we cannot blame them does it make sense they're just the perfect tool that our soul needs to grow so it's almost like we have to take responsibility for everything in our life, even the people who hurt us, even the people who treat us like shit, because those are the people that show us how we are doing that to ourselves, because everything is energy, right? My energy creates my reality, right? So if I'm having bad experiences with people, I, instead of going, oh, they're just a bad person, that, that person, I will go, you know what? What in my energy do I need to heal so I'm no longer a match to have this kind of person in my life? Or maybe once I heal, which I've actually done that, I used to have people in my life who were those kind of people, but then I healed my parts that were attracting that. And then the relationship I have with those people completely transformed. They were no longer that person with me. Why? 
is that I don't have that wound anymore. Does it make sense? So I feel like the spiritual work is completely taking radical responsibility for our reality. It's not about blaming people or labeling them. Oh, you're this, you're that, I'm this. No, no, no. Everyone is, has to take responsibility. And once we do that, wow, I feel like that's the magic, you know? Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And I've been learning that too, is that concept like that there's more evolved souls. And some people are like in the infantile stages of their soul lessons. And yeah. other people have been around the block many more times. Yeah. So, and that's why, not just narcissists, but people that kind of go through life asleep and they're not yeah. going to be capable of waking up. It's not their life mission. Not in this lifetime. Yeah, we, it's like the way I look at it is this, you know, we have uh, toddlers, we have uh, middle school, high school, we have people in college, we have people with PhDs, we have like masters and it's all levels of learning, right? And every soul, what they're learning is perfect for them because at that level, the soul needs to learn these lessons, right? And at another level, the soul has different lessons, right? So your test when you're in college, it looks very different than your test in first grade. And that's what is happening right now. So as spiritual beings, we have to kind of have this discernment and compassion to look at other people as like, instead of thinking, oh, because I know, have this knowledge, I'm awake, I'm somehow better. Nobody's better, you know, we're all just learning and we're all in different stages. And that is actually okay, you know, and having the awareness of like, how can I be of service to someone no matter where they're at in their lives? How can I share some wisdom, some advice and being able to see where they're at and give that wisdom to them where they're at rather than I have to just share my wisdom, how it is to, you know, uh, to everybody. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It's, that's what I also heard too, is like after we pass in this lifetime, we're basically go back to being friends or whatever it is up there at the energetic level. Yeah. So I'm like, we switch roles in various lifetimes too. Yeah. So I've been in the villain in some lifetime or so on, or even to extend this lifetime before I healed. So mm -hmm. it's, you're right. It's well, I'll admit I'm not quite where you are yet, but I'm getting there. So, and it, it is a, it is a better attitude to have. It makes more sense too. And it, it's much healthier. Yeah, it took me also going through this process. It's almost like you have to first feel the separation. You have to go through that stage of going, oh, and feel the pain. And then the discord, that's a part of the healing. And then eventually, as you work on yourself, you realize that we're actually all connected. And those people who did hurt us, who caused us pain, is because they were showing us the parts of us that we are hurting. And so the minute we take that responsibility and say, oh, I'm just going to focus on my energy and healing the part that is hurting, then everything starts to transform and people treat us differently because the truth is people only treat us how we treat ourselves. So if we are a match to having a narcissist in our life or an abusive person or a toxic person in any sort of way and shape or form, that means that what that is showing us is that we, in some way, are abusing ourselves. We're having negative thoughts towards ourselves. We're not treating ourselves with love and kindness. And that is what that person is mirroring back to us. That is the huge breakthrough. It's not really about that person. They're just a mirror to how we are treating ourselves. So if you find yourself or anyone finds themselves attracting 
these kind of individuals like abusive or toxic or negative, be like, how am I being that way to myself? And how can I change that? Because the minute I change my energy and how I treat myself, how I think about myself, that's the minute that I start attracting different people. And I noticed the say add to what you said, I noticed when I start showing myself self-love, which I wasn't for so long, that was like a big first step to that too. And even like people just in our society a lot just bounce from relationship to relationship, or they like look for love outside themselves. But you really have to like love yourself before you're it's suitable to have a relationship with someone else who hopefully also loves themselves too. I think that's where you can really have a good conscious relationship. I so agree with that. I feel that we have to, like, let's say we had a relationship and it didn't work out. And you're right. A lot of people go, oh, well, where is the next one? How can I move to the next person? A very common, you know, response. And I, you know, teach a lot of my clients. I say, hey, you know, take some time between a relationship to heal because the reason why things didn't work out is because there's something still in you that needs healing and maybe that person was mirroring back to us the parts of us that were wounded and we didn't like it you know in a relationship is very interesting because the first i would say six months is when it's the honeymoon period, right? We're all in love. Everything's great. This person is the best thing in the world. And then after about like six months to a year, you know, all the subconscious kind of things start coming up, all our wounds, their wounds. And guess what? We're perfect matches to push each other's buttons. It's almost like universe pick that one person out of all the other people and say, this is the person that's going to push your buttons the most. <laughs> Here you are. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, my God, like, OK, I'm with this person. They're annoying the shit out of me. And I like, but I love them. And what do I do? Well, it's like if you want to make it work, you have to work on yourself. It's not even about the other person or blaming them, saying they're an asshole or she's this. No, we got to take responsibility and they have to say that's a conscious relationship where both people can take responsibility rather than blame each other. And that takes a lot of work. Um, I feel like the relationship thing is the highest yoga, right? Once we can master that, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's you don't see that too much, but like the relationship you talked about, but I, that's what I found. And I knew that on, my, on the early stage of my healing journey was there was only stuff I had to do by myself. I knew this was gonna be a lonely, solitary path for, a good amount of time so yeah. probably a year or two because i i realized i'm like i was like at a rock bottom so i'm like okay this is gonna take a while i'm not ready i gotta just focus on myself and it it really worked too and and then then like as there's other stuff too once you're in a better state and then you can learn more about other things you can do with a conscious partner too that you can help each other with so it grows and, and this is a great topic and you're so knowledgeable this i could go forever but i want to touch on your, the healing you offer because you mentioned clients. I know you start with Kundalini Yoga. Like, what did that do for you and where did that lead to? Okay, so I kind of started talking about my healing journey. Thank you for asking and I'll continue. So my first portal into the healing world was through Kundalini Yoga. And uh, it was incredible because when I started, I had a lot of trauma to heal. 
So that trauma made my life very, very challenging. Like I knew I have to heal. And I knew that that was the most important thing I have to do in my life. So I took some time off, meaning like I focused strictly on healing. So I took my first Kundalini class and immediately I felt all of this healing happen, all of this energy lifting. And I was like, wow, what is this? So in two months, I was in teacher training. And not because I technically thought I was going to be even teaching. I was like, I just want to do this more. I want to know more. I want to go deeper. Whatever it is, I want to do it. And for nine months, I went through a teaching program where I meditated a lot. So for the last nine years, I've pretty much through Kundalini meditated every single day of my life. There was days where I've meditated for eight hours a day doing white tantric yoga. I've been to all these festivals. Now, you know, on average, I meditate half an hour a day, but I've done days, you know, two hours per day. Like I said, at the most, it's been about eight hours per day. What has that done for my life? Oh my God. Like it has completely cleaned so much of this like mental chatter mental kind of feeling a certain way the way I perceive the world the way I perceive myself it's almost like took a vacuum and vacuumed all the garbage that was stuck in my mind that was stuck in my heart where I was like wow I could feel myself again I could feel my soul my spirit like who I am and through that practice so many things started opening up my intuition which is ability to know to understand to read things which is an incredible tool. Once our intuition opens up, and that's what I teach a lot, my clients and trainees, the trainings as well, is that's the number one tool we need is intuition. So once I, my intuition started opening, I started trusting myself. Because like, you know, having been through, you said, narcissists or toxic people or whatever, you know, you sometimes are doubting yourself, doubting your own inner system. So once you can go back to that intuition, that's amazing. And... Not only that, my ability to use my voice, sing mantras, ability to work with sound to heal people, ability to use energy to heal, all of that started opening up through this first portal. And that was kind of like the initiation I went through. But then I was lucky enough to align with amazing mentors and then train with them in energy healing, sound healing, all kinds of modalities, that breath work, that now I combine in one unique offering, which I feel is so powerful. So what I do, etherica, what is etherica? That started about, etherica as it is now, started about two years ago, a little over two years ago. And the reason why I started it is because I decided to combine all of these healing modalities that had helped me heal tremendously into one experience that can be offered to anyone. They don't have to have any kind of a spiritual background, understanding, because mostly we use sound and breath and a little bit of kundalini. They don't even have to be athletes or any kind of top physical shape to do this work. And the reason why is because I wanted to create something that can help many people and it can help them fast. You know, most people don't have like years to go meditate in caves. Like I was lucky to have a few years which I took to do that work. But then I was given the message that I need to do this work and share it with other people. And so what we do is we have events where for an hour and a half we do 
all these modalities we combine kundalini breath work energy healing and sound healing with sound healing being the longest portion and what i love about that is an amazing combination because the kundalini activates that dormant energy the breath work helps to clear energies from the body like old stored traumas then the energy healing goes in and energetically aligns the person and I now having practiced these modalities, I'm able to channel energetic healing. So it's not like I plan, I kind of plan the team, but the actual healing happens in the moment. So I'm able to open my channel and do the healing on the people as they come. And then the sound kind of integrates everything through the body back into the physical. And the reason why we call the experience etherica, etherica comes from the ethers because it helps people connect to that infinite part of themselves, to that divine part, so that they can kind of let go of the human suffering, let go of the temporary attachments, and then see the bigger picture, and then rise above that, and then have an instant transformation. And through this work, I cannot even express how many transformational stories we've seen of people coming up and saying their experiences, people crying, people healing, stuff opening for them. It's been incredible to witness. So I've been guided to have this modality in one and I've seen the effects it does in such a short amount of time. Yeah, and I even uh, got the treat of going to one. Yes! I didn't even realize this, but this was probably when it was newer too. Cause... It's when it first started. You came at the Wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And it was amazing. I'll say that. It was... Thank uh, you so much. I can... Yeah, that I'm not just saying that it was it was a sight to behold because, as you described, it was many modalities and it's evolved since then, which I'll get to more too. But and even your singing was amazing too. It was different than a lot of other types I heard. And I've been trained to like how toning is really healing too, even for ourselves. Our voice can be the most healing thing. One of my sound healing teachers taught me, but also. You just incorporate so much too, not, not the instruments as well. And it was a visual journey back then too. And it was really well put together. And I have to ask, was that hard to put like events of that magnitude together? Or was it something that just flowed naturally? You know, the thing is, when people see something like that, they're like, was it hard to put together? And the answer is, there was years of work that I did behind the scenes to get to the point where I'm comfortable to put something together like that. So the answer is, no, it was not hard, but yes, it was in a way because it was a journey. So I've been on this journey since 2013, and I've been working relentlessly on myself, on developing my gifts and abilities. So when you see, when people see, when they come and they experience this work, this is years worth of behind the scenes of training, of experimenting, of trial and error, and now they're receiving the best, most current energetic downloads and healings that I've mastered through all this work. So yeah, I mean, and in a way it's kind of like divinely guided because I actually have been having visions of doing those kind of events way like few years before Wisdom even opened in Los Angeles. I saw myself doing that. I saw the visuals, saw everything. And then, so I knew as soon as they opened, I was like, that was in my vision. So in a way, I'm able to intuitively channel what I'm supposed to be doing in my life and purpose. And so the way I always trust source in those visions. So 
when something comes, I don't think like, oh, it's a big event. I don't think like any of that. All I think about is, oh, I'm here to heal people. I'm here to help them. And it's like everything else goes out the window. Yeah, of course, there's a lot of planning and preparation. But everything I do, I use my intuition. And that includes the people who are involved because I have guest sound healers, guest musicians. Um, it involves everything. So it's kind of all comes together in this most divine way, which I'm so grateful. And it again, it takes a lot of practice and trusting your ability, trusting the divine and just following that. That makes a lot of sense. And it was a great vision you, you've had. And I know like when you were singing and that's evolved too. I, I know what I want, it was almost angelic. That's the only way I can really describe Thank it. You. You're welcome. It's, I'd like to ask, I guess, a two-part question. What it's evolved to, and did you have to take vocal lessons for that or just come to you? Because it's a lot different. It's really original from other singers. Thank you so much. So in one of my meditations that I did, the eight-hour meditation, I was shown a vision that I am supposed to use my voice and that my voice has a healing power. That was before I even started singing mantras. Like I have been singing since I was a kid. Like love always music, right? Oh, love singing. So when I was four year old, five year old, all I do is uh, sing in my room. That was my entertainment, you know. And then when I was shown this vision, I started working with producers, with coaches to help me develop my voice. So yes, there has been vocal training involved. However, um, how to say, spiritual work was the biggest training, which unlocked a lot of healing behind the voice. And the, the singing that you are hearing is not just singing like a singer, like performing, it's more like using the voice to heal. And like you said, I also teach people sound healing and help them with opening their voice as well in the sound healer trainings. Um, so it is the voice is the most healing instrument that there is. I love all the instruments. They're all beautiful, but our own voice is the most divine. And for me, it was very healing to learn to open up my voice, um, especially as a woman. I had been through a period of not being able to speak my truth and share my truth. So when I started singing, my throat chakra opened and I was really able to channel so much truth and so much authenticity. And that journey is getting deeper and deeper. So it's not like um, overnight it happens and it's continuing to deepen, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, absolutely. And speaking my truth was so hard for me as well. I was always worried, oh, if I say this, I might lose the person. They might not like it. Then, then when I started doing that, and I, I often would lose a person, but I didn't really miss them. And better people would come into my circle that were more on my frequency, were better suited for where I was and where I was headed that could help assist me. So it was so strange that I had that fear, which was really nothing to be scared of. Yeah, for sure. People pleasing is something a lot of people have. It's a trauma response. I used to have it as well uh, where i would feel like you know i have to be pleasant and nice and i was afraid to be truly myself like you like i didn't want to piss anyone off i felt that was a bad thing but then as i was going through my spiritual journey i realized okay one of the spiritual truths is that we live in a polarity planet 
which means when you're the most authentic you that you are, anyone, 50% of the people will love you and 50% of the people will not resonate with you. And that goes for every single person, not just, you know, so if 100% of people love you, that means you're not authentic. But if you're not authentic, you can never fully align with all the blessings. So maybe people love you, but you're not stepping fully into your power. So you should never be afraid to piss people off. <laughs> Meaning like, that's a good thing. If people get pissed off by you, good, you're authentic. And the right people who really resonate with you, they're going to come in your life and it'll be a lot better. They'll be like, they'll love you. They'll be like, oh my God, like, where have you been? Like, I love you. And the other people who don't resonate, it's okay, you know? They'll resonate with someone else, you know? It's all good. Yeah, we don't. And I, I know those people who get along with everyone and they're just a different person to every person in their life. And even when I, I've never been to that degree, but even when I tried that, I just knew deep down something was wrong. I would feel it. It just wasn't sitting right with me. So I think it does affect you. A hundred percent. It lowers your frequency when you're not authentic. So, and people can feel it. So when you are putting on a mask or an act, people can, on some level, you may seem very nice, but they're like, it was very nice, but something was not quite right. Right. So you got to uh, break through that and it takes a lot of like work and seeing yourself and there's many layers to it. There's not just one layer. Right. So it goes deep and deep. But the minute we can liberate ourselves is when our blessings start to open up so much. Yeah, that seems like that. And, and etheric has also evolved too. And how did it start? Like, what's it now? Because I, I know the types of modalities you've offered, some have stayed the same and some have changed too. And you've added some and now it's now it's not just one thing either. There's different locations. So <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So it started as an event at the Wisdom LA. So, and it still is that. So we still continue doing events at the Wisdom, which is incredible venue. It's a dome in downtown LA. It's, uh, you've been there. It's a great space. It's big. We get about 200 people in there and there's visuals on the walls. The sound current there is amazing because the dome has a great way of resonance. So that's how it started. It started there. However, during the pandemic, everything shut down, including wisdom, right? Wisdom shut down. And so we, for about six months, switched to online things. So we're doing like online meditations, which didn't feel so good because, you know, through the screen, you know, like it's not the greatest. However, about six months in, I had the intuition, the download. I was like, we got to start doing outdoor events, right? And so lo and behold, I found the perfect spot, which is where I go every day for a walk. So I walk every day, my dog, in the park that I live next to. And there's gorgeous amphitheater there. And I keep looking at it. And I'm like, where should I do it? And I keep looking at it. Where should I do it? It's right in my face. One day I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to do it right here where I go every day, where it's right next to my house. It's a beautiful amphitheater space. It's outdoors in the park. And we started in uh, 2020, I mean 2020, yeah, 2020, October to do outdoor events. And then it evolved to being every Sunday. So every Sunday we're at the park. We, people sign up online. Some people join us who just walk by. It's incredible because it's outdoors. The amphitheater has a great acoustics. 
And it's just a great way to bring this offering to people who are worried about being sick and all of that. It's outdoors, lots of space, and it's beautiful. And we, now we bring lights, we have a sound system. We've evolved that. We've evolved into also offering trainings. So during that pandemic, I started training people. Actually, I started right before pandemic started. For the last two years, I've done about over 20 downhill training courses. So I've trained probably about 40, 50 people, you know. Plus, recently, we started the energy healer training. So that's different. So sound healing in itself is just using sound. But what I do is I mix sound and energy healing. So I'm happy to teach people sound healing, but in a sound healer training, it's not enough to do the depth of the energy work that you can do. So I do the energy healer training as a separate offering. It's a 12-week course that goes once a week we meet. And it's amazing because we learn all different modalities. The modalities that I teach there have completely helped me transform my life to another level. So it's beyond meditation, it's beyond kundalini yoga, it's beyond sound, it's using energy in a conscious way. And so that's why I feel the things that I teach people are things and tools that will help anyone to break free from these kind of limitations of, and fears of feeling not good enough, feeling small, feeling dissatisfied with life, which is how I was. I was like, there has to be more to life. So. As I started learning these things, it helped me find my purpose. So now my purpose is also helping other people find their purpose and live the most amazing lives possible. Like that's the reason why I do this, because I believe deeply that we all have this innate desire to be fulfilled. We have this innate desire to live great lives. And it's completely possible that we all can do that at the same time, because all of us have unique gifts. All of us have unique abilities. So even though we may do similar things, they're always a little bit different. And every person, what's in their heart is usually what they came here to do. That's their purpose. And they wouldn't have had that purpose had it not been like already aligned for them to do. Does that make sense? So I'm just like a catalyst to help people go into the next level and open up. And I've helped quite a few people already. And so fulfilling to watch, you know, the transformation people go through. So. I was actually going to ask that, just do you feel a lot more fulfilled now that you're helping all these other people, especially in like their initial stages of getting into this and awakening? Well, I, yes, and I know that's my purpose. I feel fulfilled because I know my soul is happy. Because, you know, a lot of people have um, depression and anxiety in these days, right? And that is a symptom of not living your soul purpose, Right. So when you don't live your soul purpose, you feel those things. But when you do, it's incredible. And that's why I'm happy to do what I do. So those are your main offerings for teaching our energy healing and sound healing trainings, right? Yeah. So I teach energy healing courses, sound healing courses. I do one-on-one -on -one work with clients as well, where I do like specific issues that they want to work through. Um, they can book a session and I help them. I also do mentorship programs, so I can work with one person on a mentorship level where we meet a few times a month and I work with them like really, really intensely one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, so those are the offerings and the events which happen every week at least. And they also happen, you know, at the Wisdom LA once a month. We're doing a Valentine's Day event and a lot of them more coming up, possibly a retreat coming um, in spring as well. Oh, wow. And that'll combine 
all these modalities. Oh, the retreat's gonna be like mind blowing, amazing. <laughs> I can believe yeah. that. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, it's always about growth and expansion and I always like to like create more. We've even added like merch things where we do hoodies with our logo because even our logo has a high frequency a vibration, the name Etherica. The reason why I chose that name, it was given to me by spirit. And I feel like people, when they see Etherica, it activates something in them, even that name. So when they read it, so when people wear a hoodie, everyone who sees the hoodie and reads that name, there is an activation key, right? We also do chakra bracelets. I have one on me. We do like tinctures that help people meditate. And we only sell those at our events for now. Or if people like message me directly on social media, we can send them as well, things that they want. All right, great. Yeah. And, I, and I agree with what you said earlier. Just that I found too that I, I try to like, I think we like to overcomplicate things when it comes to healing. Like my <laughs> healing and spiritual practice was getting so long. Mm -hmm. So I agree with what you said about how sometimes you can keep it simple too. Like when you're just saying the using the voice and things like that, so that made perfect sense. And yeah, just it's it's been amazing watching your growth and Etherica's growth too. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Because it's really I've seen it's really come a long way, and it started at a high level too. So thank you. I can't I can't even imagine what's going to evolve into another year or two from now. Wow, I can I don't even know, right? Like we don't even know. I like when you look at your growth and you look at yourself like a few years back, you're like, wow, I've grown so much and. That's what is an indicator that there's just always more growth to happen. God willing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to ask, what energy healing modalities did you learn or, or recommend? So I studied um, in a school called Guided Light Healing, which is an incredible school. And my mentor is Alessandro Gianetti. He's an incredible level top healer. Uh, so that's where I learned a lot of the energy healing modalities that I practice. But I kind of add my own touch to the things that I teach. But um, that is a modality basically using source healing energy. We're only using source energy and it's so powerful that it can heal physical issues, mental issues, emotional issues, spiritual problems, relationships, any level. So it goes way beyond my Kundalini practice was, like I said, the first stage of healing. But this goes really specific and deep and it's incredible. And someone's listening or watching. And they, they are interested in one of these modalities or these events. How do you recommend to people to contact you or find you? What method do you prefer for that? Um, people can reach out to me through my Instagram, which is Ava Milva, A-V-A-M-I-L-V-A. And um, also they can uh, go to Etherica, etherica.la Instagram. And uh, they can send a message there if you guys have any questions and or need help with anything. Also, the link that's in the bio is um, has all the information for the current events, the trainings that we do, and uh, all the offerings. I like to share like high vibe content. And yeah, I would love to share more with anyone that's interested. Like I said, if you feel called to reach out, I'm open hearted, open arms. <laughs> Ava, thank you for coming in today. It was great getting to sit with you. Please like, follow, and subscribe so you can be notified when our next great episode comes out. We start a Patreon. Any amount you can donate is greatly appreciated and really helps keep the show going. Thanks for tuning in today. Be seeing you. 
You've been listening to the Dystopian Renaissance. Spirituality, healing, consciousness, truth. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And tell a friend or two. That would help also. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Dystopian Renaissance. And please find the website at www.thedystopianrenaissance.com. 